What is going on, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Dusty Dines Podcast. I am your host, TJ Plugger, and we have a special guest today, Mr. Josh Grant. What's up, Josh? Hey, guys. How are you doing? Nice to have you. Thanks for taking the time out to uh, speak with us today. My pleasure. Looking forward to it. Um, first, I just want to, you know, uh, jump in right. You know, you started your junior career in the OHL with the Sudbury with, from 2000 to 2000 before going to Kingston. Then you finished up with the Windsor Spitfires. Can you tell us about your journey through junior hockey? Uh, yeah. That, so I was a little, uh, I was a late, late bloomer as a player. I never got drafted to the OHL and uh, I went there uh, to Sudbury in the middle of a season. I was doing pretty good in the junior B loop, loop and uh, I decided to go and try the OHL midseason and uh, I was pretty successful my first year uh, there and then I got traded, went to Kingston, had a great year there and finished my year off in junior, my last year junior off in Windsor and with some great players, met some good buddies and, and uh, that place uh, holds a special place in my heart for sure. Absolutely. And then after juniors, you weren't drafted. What was going through your mind and what steps were you taking to play professional hockey after after juniors? Well, I wasn't sure what I was going to do. I, I knew I wanted to play pro. I wasn't sure that I was going to be able to. And uh, I was waiting on that whole summer after the, the junior and figure out what I want to do. And uh, a, a coach, uh, Steve Martinson, called me. And he was coaching San Diego Gulls at the East Coast League. And he gave me a, a contract and got me a tryout in uh, Cincinnati uh, in the American League. And I went to Cincinnati's camp, had a good camp. And I uh, got sent down, went and played about 30 games that are so down in uh, the coast. I had to fight a lot and fought my way out of the league and got uh, got called up to the American League and never looked back since. Nice. And then what was, uh, you know, what was the feeling after, you know, not being drafted, you know, and the emotion signing an NHL contract with the Philadelphia Flyers? Oh, that was, yeah, that was great. That was something that never really thought that was going to happen. I never, I, I always knew I could probably play pro. I, I never thought about like the NHL at that time when I was in the OHL. I, I always just thought it was kind of a pipe dream. And um, after that one year in Cincinnati, I got I started getting some call, calls to my agent uh, about uh, NHL teams wanting to sign me. So then it actually uh, became reality. And I, I signed in Philly and that was a, uh, Awesome year. We ended up winning the Calder Cup that year. It was, it was the best year of my life. Uh, met with all my bu- uh, good buddies there, and we had such an awesome team. And to go on a run like that, the year there was no NHL, it was uh, it was definitely something special. Yeah, I, I, to touch on that, I the next question is, you know, winning in Philadelphia, like what was it like winning the Calder Cup in Philadelphia at the Wells Fargo Center in front of 19,000 people? It's like a Yeah, so surreal. It was <laughs> I was and I I was I was there to be honest. I was there oh, at that game. When you yeah, guys I, uh, any any fan, any any hockey fan that was uh, in Philly around that time knew what was going on. And to play in front of yeah. ten thousand fans in the uh, in the Wachovia Center, it felt like an NHL game, uh, NHL playoffs, and it was just an unbelievable ride we had. That we had such a good team. We had, I think we had probably fifteen guys that went on and had good NHL careers. It was just a uh, just an experience that prepped me for for the the next uh, few years and it prepped me for the NHL for sure. Now you won two Calder Cups with 
Philadelphia and Manchester, which one's specialty? I know they're both special, uh, but do you hold does one hold special? They're, they're the both other? they're both special, obviously. But yeah, I, I have to say the one in Philadelphia, just because we just just the team we had. It was the first experience for myself ever uh, ever winning anything uh, 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 even close to that. So, but the one in Manchester was good as well. It was just the year that I won in Philadelphia. The fans and it was just first year pro and. Uh, first time winning, obviously, and there's just so many special, special guys that are, that I still keep in contact from that team, and it's just, uh, yeah, it was the best year of hockey in my life for sure. If I could go back, I nice. would in a second. Awesome, awesome. And then you know, you spent time going back and forth from the AHL to the NHL. How did you stay mentally focused during that? Uh, it was tough. It was, uh, the, for, when you're when you're first getting called up the first few times and sent down, it's okay, but. The later I got I got into my career, getting up and down, it's really uh, it's kind of defeating, and it's tough to stay focused, like you said. But you know, you just gotta you gotta do the job. And getting sent down as a guy that plays third, fourth line minutes in the in the NHL, you and you gotta go down and play third, fourth line minutes in the American League, and fight guys in the American League when you're already established. It's a, it's really tough. You you got yeah. a lot more to lose than fighting guys in after you've already been in the NHL. So it's it's tough. But then you, I went down there, I worked on my game, and, and I just tried to tried to make myself more of a complete player. And that's pretty much all you can do at that, at that stage of, the, of, of uh, getting sent down. You know, your time in the KHL, what was the experience like and the gameplay over there with the Excuse culture? me? I said, you know, you spent time in the KHL. What was that experience like with the game playing uh, the culture? The, the culture is crazy. Yeah, there's, it's, I, I had a, a good experience. A lot of people have bad experiences over there. But uh, I went to the first team I went to was uh, VTS. And that wasn't so much uh, as good as experience as, as my other years. But it, it was more of a mob boss that owned it. It was more like you, you were kind of told what to do and – told not to play hockey more to more to be aggressive and fight and i i didn't really like that yeah. so after after my contract expired with them i went to uh, kazakhstan uh the team in kazakhstan in the khl Baris, and i love that place okay. the, the fans the people uh the, the management everybody there treats you like gold and uh, we had an awesome team we had nigel dawes dustin boyd lots of nhl brandon machensky lots of nhl players so it made it easy to go there and we we were pretty good too. So a lot of those guys are still playing over there. Nice. And then you know your last season in pro hockey is with uh, South Carolina Stingrays in the e- ECHL. What made you come back? Uh, you to know what? Was, I was over in Glasgow at the start of the year, and I was having a good year, and just just trying to hang on. I was more or less hanging on. Just I wasn't sure we were ready for my next step, and I wanted to come home and be closer to the family and. and uh, so I got a call from the, the coach uh, Spiros in South Carolina, and I was like, "Yeah, you know what? It's just like going full circle, start the career in in the East Coast. Might as well just end it and uh, go there. And it's a great city, Absolutely. great fans. So it was. I, I didn't regret that move at all. I loved it there. Awesome. And then you know you you've been around, fought many guys. What was the toughest guy you fought in pro hockey? Excuse me. I said you've been around. You know you're you're a tough uh, guy. Probably what was the Brian guy you fought for? He, he, he was a. To me, I always looked up to him. He was an older guy. We played against junior together, and 
I always kind of uh, respected him as a tough guy. And when I got, got a chance to fight him a couple times, he would usually beat me, but I, I always, I always use that as a benchmark for if I could, if I could keep, if I could stick it out with him, <laughs> a guy like him, I can, uh, I can hang in there with most of the big boys. Yeah. And it's tough because a lot of those guys were a lot bigger than me and uh, like size wise, but you know, I had, I had no fear about that. I just, uh, I would try to go in there and get, uh, get in there and, do my best and stick up for the teammates and if I lost I lost but as long as I'm showing up absolutely and then who is uh your biggest uh, probably my in, grandfather in he, he was a coach and uh, like coach pro semi-pro and played so I I was always around the rink with him when I was a kid and he and I just he taught me a lot he taught me to respect coaches and respect with your teammates and just respect the game of hockey in general so I'd say he is probably the biggest influence on my career growing up as a child. Yeah. And then you just joined the uh, Collingwood Blues on the coaching staff. Like, how pumped are you to give back? Yeah, to it's going to be exciting. I, I, I have a couple things on the go. I, I'm just recently signed to be an agent as well. So um, the Collingwood situation is going to be really exciting. We have a good young team here, and it's going to be nice to. Mm-hmm to be on the other side of the game and, and help develop some kids and uh, just hopefully uh, direct them in the, in the right way in a positive manner. Absolutely. And my last question would be, what could you tell kids listening right now that want to just, make it their pro hockey? Just keep grinding. If there's a, if there's, you don't go through the front door or go through the back door. There's always uh, guys that are late bloomers. And if you work hard, you're going to get noticed one way or another. So just keep your head up and stay positive and keep grinding. Josh, thank you for uh, taking the time out to uh, speak with Thanks us. Thanks a lot, Josh. Hey, you guys have a good one. Best of luck day. with you. Yep. You too, man. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, that was uh, Josh. Quick interview with him. Uh, good insight. Glad to hear, you know, what he had to talk about, you know, playing in the show, playing in the A, playing in the E. But, uh, but we have a we have a stand in here, oldie but goodie, Mr. Mike Warfield. Mike, what's up? What's going on, ladies and gents? How are you? Long time no talk. <laughs> no shit. Uh, how have you been? Good, man. There's there's a couple things I uh, I wanted to I wanted to bring up on the podcast, and I wish Tucker was on too because he had a good standpoint as well. Uh, meaning, I, I want to touch on the Seattle Kraken. Mm-hmm. I want to touch on the uh, playoffs right now. Obviously, I want to touch on, you know, uh, Dumba's, you know, speech and, and shit like that. And last but not least, I want to talk about the, the Chuck hit. Okay. When I yeah. spoke about it, and, and the first thing, I mean, obviously, you know, Seattle crack, and I, I, I think it's I think it's beautiful for the league. <laughs> you, you know? You know what? And you got to think about it. It's basically like the Kraken – um, the the original team were the Metropolitans, and mm-hmm. I believe they were based out of 1917. So it's like it's kind of cool, man, because it's one of those things they still have a little bit of a history. It happened a while ago, yeah. and now it's just kind of a huge gap that they're trying to fill in, kind of. Um, yeah, I'm very curious to see like what their drafts are going to look like. If it's going to be another Vegas ordeal, if you know maybe they get a first franchise cup run, that'd be kind of now. Cool. Do you? 
yeah, do you think that it's a learning process? Obviously, you know, Ron Francis is the GM there. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's, they, it was a learning process for them to go with what Vegas did to begin with. Now these guys got the advantage to build off of that to make, you know, a Las Vegas run even better. I like, and, and yes, because you know what I mean? yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about because I like what they had the ability to do. Um, the nice thing is like what you just said, they're basically able to watch what happened in the first trial with Vegas Mm -hmm. and Vegas basically formed a system around their players, not basically making their players form around a system in that sense, if that kind of makes sense to people. So, um, Mm -hmm. the one thing that I really like about what they did was since they realized they didn't have a bunch of superstars, at least that fitted, you know, you know, how do I say it? A Stanley Cup, uh, Stanley Cup playoff team like such as Pittsburgh. You know, when mm-hmm. Chicago was nasty. Basically, uh, they didn't, they didn't have a Crosby or a Tate. Exactly, and yeah. they had a bunch of third, fourth liners that basically turned around to just be one of the hardest, most working team that I. It was a privilege to watch in the first like season, even Absolutely. on TV. Like, dude, you're like, yeah. wow, for third rounder or third liners, they, they passed the puck well. I mean, they just knew how to play hockey very smart. They didn't bite mm-hmm. on trap plays. They mostly set up a lot of traps within their season, and it worked mm-hmm. effectively for them. And the one thing that I liked with their coaching staff, they recognized that. They didn't have a lot of strength with, you know, they did have some speed, and that's the mm-hmm. one thing I can say, but they used that to their advantage. And hopefully with the Kraken, depending on who they draft and who they kind of pick up and depending on what their first game looks like, this is going to yeah. be, it's going to be interesting, man. It's going to be very interesting. Now, now touching on that, I mean, obviously, you're make, you made the show. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're, you're no slouch. Yep. You know what I mean? So it's, it's in touching back to what you said is, you know, the third and fourth line guys were, were put up by their teams. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it was basically like, uh, we don't need you. And it was like they played for something. You know what I mean? So, so these new guys that are going to get put on the block, like you know, you're hearing it. Shane Gosses Bear is is probably going to get put on that block for a draft. You know what I mean? Shane Gosses Blair's, you know, in, in my opinion, he's a he's a three four guy. You know, maybe a two at at times. Yeah, you know what I mean. And you know what though? The one thing I do have to say is, even with if he's a three four guy, he could be a number one mm-hmm. guy or a number two Absolutely, guy with the crack. Exactly. But the same yeah. time is. I think when even when Mark Andre Fleury went to Vegas, like he was basically the higher that's a steal, a hundred percent a steal. That was like the yeah. highest paid player in retrospect because of like mm-hmm. all the skaters there since they were third, fourth, some second liners, they weren't paid as heavy. So basically, they were able to get how do I say it a better goaltender. Um, their salary cap that's wasn't what you really got to do hit. too. You and I both know that you work from the goaltender out. Yep. Exactly. And and the biggest thing is they worked in that favor where mm-hmm. they didn't have such they had maybe one vet in their defensive core and that was Engelman, right? And yep. mm-hmm. after that it was a bunch of young kids basically playing Derek England. Was it or was it England? England, England yeah. sorry. Yeah, Derek England. And you know what? It it just it amazed me to watch how one vet basically led that team and even that was the whole ordeal that same year with the Vegas shooting. Mm-hmm. And a, a whole mess like of things happened to Vegas that season in their first season. And Absolutely. they still basically pulled out that run for now, Vegas. You know where Derek you know where Derek England started? Where? In the ECHL. Really? 
Yes, he, you know, he started in ECHL. I know he played in Reading. I know that. Mm-hmm. And I, it's you look at it. You played in ECHL. Look at him now. You know, you know, he's 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 a go-to guy in the NHL for Vegas. You know, uh, I'm really curious too because now even with Vegas, like you got to think about their first line. In my my opinion, is pretty disgusting. Like oh. you got Max Pacioretty. Um, yep, there. I think their sentiment is William Carlson, and I think their other wingers, Alex Tuck, dude, mm-hmm. that's a solid first line. And then they have nothing but speed on their second line. It's like Marsha Salt, uh, Nate Schmidt, and then it's Mark mm-hmm. Stone. And Mark Stone, he's not 100% speed, but his IQ on the ice is phenomenal. It's ridiculous. It's phenomenal. Yeah. So it's like having speed with Mark basically being the quarterback is it, it's awesome. That's just their first two lines are disgusting now, in my opinion. Yeah. And then you basically have your hard workers where you have Derek Ang- or uh, Anglin, you have uh, Riley Smith, and then you have Shea Theodore. And like mm-hmm. even Shea- with Shea Theodore, he's a defenseman, and then uh, Anglin's a defenseman. Excuse me. Um, mm-hmm. it, it just it really I'm excited to see what happens with them. Like this this kind of like this playoff run and with the whole Ryan Reeves thing. Well, let, we'll let's touch on that with the Chuck. Please. Oh, okay. I'm fine. You know with what that. I mean? Yeah, we'll put those together. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I'm cool with that. So, but yeah, the whole the whole playoff run, it's it's crazy. I saw I saw a number today, mm-hmm. is you know if betting on the playoffs, I saw it. the unders right mm-hmm. are twenty and three. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's like it, it's it's crazy, man. I, I sit here and I I watch it on TV and it's just like I'm in I'm in fucking heaven, man. You know what I mean? Like watching the Flyers yesterday, it was like it, it literally. It's like they didn't stop playing. You know, the what Flyers I mean? look it's, very it's, disciplined. Dave, you know, Vino's doing a great job. You know, Boston, it, Boston's t- Boston is the number one seed. Yeah, Boston, I, and and they they push them around. But I, you know I, I hate mean? to say it, either Boston's hot in playoffs. But this, don't get me wrong, it's only the exhibi- uh, exhibition yeah. game. But like, but, they're either hot or they're not. And you know, and I, I said this before. I, I, I said this to you. And I, we were I actually you, you and A were talking about it before. Is, um, you get these teams, the one through four, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're playing for seating right now. But aren't you? Would you be pissed off if you're Boston and you finish with the President's Trophy, and you know you finish the fourth seed? <sighs> you know, yeah. it, it, it's it, and then you get teams that are. Playing like obviously the Rangers, I you know me and the Rangers. I'm not I'm not a big fan. You know they're playing the Canes. What just say what if it's flip flopped here and it's you get the Rangers beating the Canes when the Rangers aren't supposed to be in the playoffs and they get that spot. You know what I mean? Mike, I get it. I get it where they're coming from with the NHL. I get it totally. You know what I mean? They're they're making it happen and I respect the hell out of it. But it's like it sucks for for teams that are that were supposed to have a locked spot. And they possibly can't make it now. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and, dude, the one thing, like, I keep thinking about with this, like, playoff bracket, it's it's a little nutty, yeah. but I kind of like it. Like, I, I like it. I, I do, yeah. It's it, it's it's a good thing. I, I agree. Like, but in, in, it, like I said, the other asterisk, whatever, retrospect is, you know, what if a team that's supposed to make it doesn't? Mm-hmm. You know, what if Boston, Boston finishes fourth? in the seedings and then they get knocked out for a fucking hot team that already played a five game series. No, you're right. And, and that, you know what I mean? They're, they're coming in fucking hot and Boston's coming in cold. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they're playing, they're playing exhibition games, but they're playing exhibition games basically. Yeah. And, and that's it though. It's like, 
My dude, my projection. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, man. I I feel like Philly's gonna do pretty well. Washington's gonna be extremely tough. Um, if with Boston, if line starts to like produce, they're very deadly. Um, oh my god, dude! His hands are ridiculous. Oh, dude, he's 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 so key. I I. Can't, He's one of those players I hate because I wish he was I wish he was on my team. You know what I mean? Absolutely. 100%. Um, I'm thinking Toronto. Dude, honestly, this could be kind of wild calling this. Uh, Toronto. Well, no, Toronto should pump Columbus. If they don't, there's something wrong there. Uh, Montreal can beat Pittsburgh. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, uh, that that's something I'm predicting. Uh, New York and Florida. Yeah, I'm, I got dude. Uh, you know Barry Trotz has got the Islanders playing Islanders hockey. They they they've been playing the same hockey for two years now, man. And it's you know they get a lead, they run a trap on you, and yeah. it, it, it's what you do, and it, it's it, it works. Yeah, dude. Honestly, yeah. Hurricanes are pumping uh, the Rangers. I, I wouldn't say pumping. I think that's gonna be a good series, but I think they're gonna walk away with it. They're gonna walk away tomorrow. Game game three is tomorrow. They're gonna they're gonna close it out. Yeah, that, like yeah. That's 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 kind of the shitty part, but. I see that happening. Uh, Calgary should beat Winnipeg. They should. But yeah. let's see. Oilers depend. Well, Oilers looked like shit their oh first game. Oh, my God. Connor McDavid. Should- Mike Smith looked like shit. My- well, and that's the thing, man. Like, I, we- in your opinion, do you think they mm-hmm. should have pulled Mike after the second period or after the second? Absolutely. I, 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 to me, I, I would have pulled him. Yeah, I, I was thinking about they're gonna go into the locker room. And... If he didn't grab, if he didn't go for a fucking Gatorade, you know what I mean? The other goalie, <laughs> probably. <laughs> God damn it, Max. Yeah. Uh, but no, I really thought he was gonna come out and he wasn't gonna be a net. And then when they, when I saw him a net, he you can just tell he was just pretty rattled. Still, he he looked very cold almost. Looked like he didn't even do warm ups, kind of like. I don't know, man. It looked like he didn't even play two periods, and then when they finally yeah. pulled him, they started to get a little bit life back, but it, they should have pulled him earlier. Now, here's a key, key question for you. You're talking about goalies. Mm-hmm. Who's who's the Rangers goalie? Shostorkin? Is that his name? Uh, yeah, it's, it's is, something. Is, is he back yet or no? I'm not 100%, but honestly, okay. he, if, I, he's, if he's back, do you stay with Lundqvist or do you put him in? Put him in. Or if, if Shostorkin's not in, do you stay with Lundqvist or put the other goalie in, the backup? Stay with Lundqvist. Honestly, uh, Hanky still has at least playoffs in him. I, I can never knock him for that. Like, he, in my opinion. All right. <laughs> now, now, you say that, right? I don't want to interrupt you. Yep. You say that. They said he played 126 games. Mm-hmm. And I think he was 67 and 61. Okay. Or 61 and 67. So, he had 61 wins, 67 losses. Okay. Now he's got two losses, so he's 61 and 69. I mean, listen, Hank was good. I'll give it to him. He was a good goalie. But 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 before you start mm-hmm. before you start bad mouthing him, yeah. I'm, I'm not yeah, I'm not bad uh, not, not bad mouthing him, but think about yeah. the save percentage. Think about how many shots he's taken. Think about the guys yeah. in front of him. It, did the defense break apart? How many power play goals were there? How many you know what I mean? Like how many yeah. overtime goals were there? So like you gotta think about it. Like even if he did lose maybe sixty nine and he yeah. won sixty one, right? It, it's still the overall stats. This like mm-hmm. stats don't lie, man. So it's kind of yes. Well, you're not wrong. Brodor's got three cups. He has none. 
<laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. <laughs> but I also think if Hanky was on a different team, oh, I've been would, saying it for the longest time. She would he's have out a West. Cup. If he was out West, he'd have two or three cups. Yeah. Uh, 100%. If he would have walked away from mm-hmm. the Rangers either this season, already playing, yep, I think he would have been on a better team. 100%. Like I agree. Uh, my opinion, I think it would be awesome to see him play for, like, a Can- like honestly, a Canadian team. Mm-hmm. Or uh, – I've been saying it for the longest time. He, if he goes to the Ducks or the Sharks. I can't see him in a Sharks jersey. I can't. Uh, you put him in a Sharks uniform, dude, I, I guarantee the Sharks win their first cup ever. Honestly, that, you know how that team would legit be veterans? I mean, yeah, it'd be, it would almost be half and half. You know what I mean? Because we when we went to the game in February, mm-hmm. I knew Burns, Thornton, Timo Meyer, Couture, and Kane. Oh, that's, that's, the, that, that's the only guys I knew. The yeah. other guys were all young and rookies, man, and they, they, they played well. But, I mean, honestly, in the NHL, you should be playing well. You should understand a mm-hmm. system. Like, if you don't, you're in the wrong sport or you're in the wrong league. And, and that's I, what I mean. Like, even – dude, even guys playing in the coast, in the Fed, anything like that, it's like they have to understand a system to get the job. Oh, you know what I mean? 100%. 110%. You know what I mean? And, and we talked – we talked we, – you know, you and I talked to Jim Dow. You know what I mean? Yep. I, I, sp- I I've spoken to Randy Mc- or the Randy McKay, our guest. Yep. You know, Dennis Bonvi was on, and these guys all say the same thing. And, and it's and it's you know, us as you know coaches, you and me, mm-hmm. we can only say until we're blue in our face. And these guys, these kids, think they know it all. Oh, if, they always if, will. If pro if pro athletes are doing it, why don't you do it? And you know, I'll use this as an example. We'll we'll we'll, we'll switch the light here. You know, we, you and I watched the uh, Palma Pro last night, mm-hmm. right? You look at Jay Miro with the black ice. He has a system in place every single game of every single year. Yep. And you know who I put, think played the best out of with that system last night? Hmm. PJ DiMartino. PJ DiMartino is a stud. That you know what I mean? And, and, and was, I, I tell you. Oh. I've played against PJ. I ref PJ. You know what I mean? I, I, I know PJ very well. And the kid, it, it, it's almost like the kid's like fucking Clark Kent Superman. He doesn't fucking age. It, you know what's crazy, too? It almost looked like, even with John not there, mm-hmm. it looked like, you know what I mean? Like, he was there. Like it, It's like they didn't even skip a beat. No. They had possession the they entire did. game. Like, they, could, and, they and, just played almost keep away. Like, it was, it was smart. Absolutely, and and it's a system that you know, it's a system in roller hockey. Yeah, and, and I tell you, and you and I, we talk about it. You know, the tournament we play before. You know, the the tournament we're we're gonna play here in in September. It, it's a it's a it's a system. Yep. You know, you get kids like PJ, Tyler, Coslo, Pasquale. You know what I mean? Like, you get these guys like you know Tyler Kraft, for example. Tyler Kraft is one of the most skilled, and I, in my opinion underrated underrated i'll say it again underrated players in the inline world oh absolutely he he really is and i've known tyler since he was a fucking kid you know what i mean when he was fucking running around sports specs playing you know what i mean it's the same thing with with you know joey joey DiMartino, and max you know what i mean max had a great game last night yeah 
these kids are so fucking disciplined at the system they run in roller hockey in inline hockey, mm-hmm. and they they bring it. You know, they for and, and I don't know how many times we gotta say it, Mike. You know, when we had when we had Joey and Max fill in for you know the Rebels, mm-hmm. they literally fucking slowed the game down. They slowed it down in ice hockey. Yep. And, and that and, was like the first time I think that team's like saw that. They're like, wait, wait, people know yeah. how to slow it down. And like, dude, they just, they, they're very patient, but, good but heads up players. And for you guys listening, they didn't slow it down to, you know, like waste time. They slowed it down. They brought it back. They had nothing. They saw it. If they were skating through the neutral zone, they didn't just dump the puck in. Nope. If they didn't have anything, they brought it back. And that was the first two games in the 23-game season we had, two games that these fucking kids that I had on the team literally played as a fucking core. Yep. And it's and it's sad. And I, I love every kid I coach on that team, but it was sad that two kids that I brought in literally dictated that fucking game on how they played. And they weren't puck hogs. You know what I mean? They brought, they, they brought, they brought the puck back, but as soon as they brought the puck, Joey was fucking flying. Oh, yeah, stretching them hard. Yeah, flying. You know what I mean? So if you're listening, follow the system of your coaches. If it's in line, if it's fucking street hockey you're playing out in the fucking open in a park, just listen. Follow a fucking system. All the way from fucking, you know, squirts and peewee up to fucking juniors and pro. It, it, It works, guys. It really does. I'm telling you, man. And that's the hardest thing to do. At least trying to teach kids to understand yeah. to abide by a system. I mean, a mm-hmm. lot of times, like at an early age, they, you know, how do I say it? At a young age, kids watch the NHL. They watch like, um, you know, players like on YouTube, like Pavel Barber or stuff like that, yep. like fancy moves and stuff. And they want to do the fancy stuff, score genomes. Completely understand that. At a young age, like might squirts, get that. But yeah. once it comes to peewees and bantams and it starts to get up, like you should really abide by a system. And the only reason why we say that is when you get older and you play better hockey, you play maybe AAA, you go to juniors or anything like that, it it makes hockey so much simpler for you. And simple oh hockey God. is better yeah. hockey. And like and even if you go play in the Fed, if you go play in the coast, if you go play in the AHL, NHL, if you watch some of the guys that are passing, don't get me wrong, the stretch sauce passes work occasionally, but they keep it simple with the simple six footers or the three footers and just break out, regroup. Like it, it's fun. It's fun to watch NHL teams and uh-huh. it, just to really watch how it's done. And then if you go to possibly uh, a youth game and you see kids actually abiding by like what their coach telling them, it's like, you know, good for that team. Like, you love seeing a team like that. Mm-hmm. I won't get mad if I lost to a team like that. No, I, and, I agree. And I can't preach more. Like, again, like Mike said, you know, do, do the right thing. You know what I mean? It, it, listen to your coaches. All right? Another topic I want to talk about here, Mike, is, is uh, I, I'm, I might sound stupid when I ask this. What's Doomba's first name? Doomba. For the Wild. Doomba, 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 why is up? Oh, my God. He plays for the Wild, and, you know, he, he did this. And, you know, for you guys listening, if you're, if you're a fucking hockey fan, you should know that he came out with oh, a speech. It's uh, Matt is Doomba. It G- it's Matt what is Doomba. it? Matt Doomba. Matt, Matt, Matt Doomba. Matt. Yep. All right. Matt Doomba came out and, and did a speech here about, you know, equality and, you know, 
you know, everybody should play for everybody and black lives matter. I get it. You know what I mean? I'm for it, you know, in, you know, black lives, all lives, everyone, everyone's life matters in this world. And I, if you don't agree with it, I apologize for what I'm saying, but it's, I really, you know, I, I don't want to offend anybody by saying this, but you know, there, there should be, uh, how do I say it? Like a time and place for it. You know what I mean? And, and for me, like, you know, kneeling down for a national anthem, I, I just, I, I don't know, man. What? <laughs> I just, you know, people that fight for the country and everything and, and you know, for, for the freedom that we have, it's, it really, it, it's not, it's not really a flag thing. You know what I mean? It's not, a, it, it's more of a crooked cop thing. You know what I mean? Listen, at the end of the day, this yeah. is the best way I can explain it because when I served, it, it's I served with, and every, I agree, uh, you know, and that's why I said it, Mike. Like I, I'm, I'm for you, man. I'm with you. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I, I served with every ethnicity, every yep. color. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the day, yeah, it's not about what you done or it's basically how you were raised too. Because like, hundred percent. My my mom is was a single mom. I lost my dad when I was a kid, and. uh it's one of those things she even taught me she was like no matter what like everyone bleeds the same color mm-hmm. it, it, no we all get put and don't take any you know harm into this we all get put in the same hole it's a you know six by six like absolutely so i don't understand like i i will never consider myself uh i don't know how do i say it uh, I, i'm not into that shit i'm not into politics uh no i, I didn't I, want to catch you off guard by no saying no that no, I, you know no I mean? you're it's, fine man it, it's it that's one of those things that it's it, it's definitely touchy man because mm-hmm. with everything going on and yeah you know racism is unfortunately a thing and i think it's fucking stupid because you know it's just not a part of life man my you know my family didn't raise me like that and mm-hmm. i don't think anyone should be raised like that and at the end of the day, like I said, we all bleed the same fucking color. And if you're racist, you know I, mean? I think and, you're and, a piece of fucking shit. But <laughs> so I mean, for opinion. me, it, it's I I agree too. And my thing is, okay, you you saw him. He kneeled during the American national anthem, right? Mm-hmm. He kneeled during the, and then he he supposedly got up and stood for the Canadian national anthem. Someone tell me what the difference here is. What what's the difference? You know what I mean? We're all the same. For what if we're in fucking Canada, United States, Mexico, Czech Republic, well, Asia? We're all the same. Well, can can I just say one thing? Mm-hmm. Matthew Dumba is a Canadian. I, I I you know what I mean? That's fine. He, he, yeah. If he's Canadian, why? I, I get you want to sit there and put your arm in the air. You know what I mean? Your fist in the air. Absolutely, hundred percent. You know what I, I mean? I it's, just feel like in Canada, the shit's not as bad as what us fucking idiots as Americans are doing. I, down here. I agree. You know what I mean? But you got to think of it here too, Mike. It's it, it, there's there's crooked people everywhere. Oh yeah, absolutely. You and I both know that there's crooked people in Canada. Yeah. But you got to think of it too. Like Canada doesn't blow shit out of proportion like the United States does with you know CNBC, CNN, you know, and all that shit. You know what I mean? So, and, and going back to what I said is I, 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 I don't agree. And I'm sorry if you disagree with what I'm saying. I don't agree with him kneeling. I don't. If you want to sit there and put your hand in the air, absolutely. I'm fine with it. But don't kneel down for the people that sacrifice their lives for the fucking country. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. Just because that's, you know, my, my, you know, you served your, 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 I consider you like a fucking brother. I love you like a brother. You served my grandfather served both of them. My best friend served. you know what I mean? It's my uncle served. Like I, I, I take pride in that shit. You know what I mean? And, and being an American and, and loving everybody. And you know me, man, my dad, my dad, and my brother, my stepdad, it, for y'all don't know. I was, I was raised by my stepfather. Uh, since I was a baby, my dad is mixed, you know, he's black and white. He's mixed. Okay. My brothers, my brothers mixed. My aunts, my aunts and uncles are mixed. Okay. I grew up with that shit. I, I you know what I mean? I grew up with a black family, you know what I mean? So how, you know, me growing up with a black family, being a white kid, you don't think I got looked at weird. You know what I mean? I didn't give a shit. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I could fucking care less. So for, for, for you guys to sit here, like, I, I love everybody. I love black people. I love white people. I love Asian people. I love Mexican. My, my, my good friend across the street, I'm literally looking at their house. My best friend over here across the street, his wife's Mexican. I love them. You know what I mean? And I teach my kids the same way. You love everybody. That's you true. know what I mean? It, it's, it's not more of a teach thing. It's, it's, it's a fucking respect factor. Yeah, no, you love, you love everybody. You know what I mean? You, you, you hear my kids all the time. When Keyshawn gets on, you know, both my kids are like, Keyshawn, Keyshawn, love Keyshawn, right? Black kid playing hockey, coached him, loved the kid like he was my own, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, again, I don't, I don't agree with it, and, and I'm, I apologize if we lose listeners with that, but I just – I don't. And that's in any sport, man. You know what I mean? No, yeah, absolutely. As in any sport. It's not just hockey. It's any sport. If it's football, if it's hockey, if it's baseball, you know what I mean? Like, you know, fucking uh, Malcolm Jenkins did it. He did it for the Eagles. Put his fucking hand in the air. Go ahead. You want to do that? Do that. Just don't kneel. Okay? Yeah. Just don't kneel. No, I agree with that one. Enough about that. Let's, let, let's talk about, you know, we'll, we'll bring it to a lighter side here, talking about the, uh, the big hits. You want you want to touch on Ryan Reeves first, and then Matthew to Ch- Ch- Chuck. Uh, you, you want to put your argument first about that hit, and then I, I'll put mine uh, in. Well, uh, Ryan Reeves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so Ryan Reeves fucking you know drilled Nick Schmoltz, right? Just fucking laid him out, right? You look at the video, and you know Nick Smoltz had a guy on him in the corner. Ryan Reeves comes out of nowhere. I, I get where Mike's saying he had his shoulder down, his, his fucking elbow down. All right, and, and and my argument to Mike was, is this is a fucking play, a preseason, basically a preseason for these guys to get their legs under the belt, right? What the fuck is the point for this guy to come in and drill the guy? And this is where I chimed in and go ahead and said, well. Even in exhibition games, why are guys still fighting? And then on top of that, you have to think about it. Even in exhibition games, you're playing hockey. So it, it's, uh-huh. it's one of those things that it's still playoffs for them in their mindset. Uh-huh. Secondly, if you think about old school hockey, you th- everyone knows who Nicholas Cromwell is. Everyone knows how his hit was. Like He had a signature hitting you with his back. And you would be coming out of basically the half boards, picking the puck up, picking your head up last second, and just seeing it, making that like hitting the wall. And <laughs> you'd be picking your head up off the ice then. Pretty much. Some guys would be out cold. And it yeah. and half the time it wasn't a penalty because he didn't he didn't, you know, hit him with an elbow, he didn't charge him because he stopped skating. And yep. basically, I hate to say it, that was kind of what Ryan Reeves did, except 
with a clean version of the hit. And you got to mm-hmm. think about it. With Schmaltz, he's half his size. So, yeah, he, of course he's going to make a head contact, which it sucks. He didn't leave his feet, and he stopped skating. The only reason why it was a bad play was because it was the same play Nicholas Cromwell would catch other uh, you know, opponents on where he was basically coming out, basically picking the puck up, lifting his head up last second, and it was too late. And yeah. that's the only reason why I argue it. And, yes, it definitely was a dangerous play. But at the same time, there's more dangerous plays going on in the league with exhibition games. With, like I said, there's fights. Look at the Wheeler-Kachuk fight. You know what I mean? Like, it it was basically an unintentional purpose or unintentional purpose. How do I say that? It was unintentional. Yeah, it was was intentional. Basically, there was a premeditated, like, I'm going to fucking fight you, basically. Yeah. What you did. Even though it was fucking dog shit. Yeah. And in the touch on, we're going to touch on that now is... You know, you get Paul Maurice, you know, Winnipeg's coach, comes out and says it was dirty. He meant to do it. Mm-hmm. Mike, you and I both know we worked in the fucking pros. We were ice level, right? It, the game's fast, man. It, 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 it's fast. And, and what guy, okay, what fucking human being, okay, you know, to Chuck, you got fucking Matt Cook, you know, the dirtiest fucking guy supposedly in the game, right? Mm-hmm. With along with fucking, you know, uh, Brad Marchand. You know, you, you hate Brad Marchand. We'll use him as an example, right? He's a fucking rat. What fucking human being in the NHL right now, we're going to use right now, just right now, okay, mm-hmm. that is living in the bubble with a team. They're going to see these fucking guys every single day, okay? Mm-hmm. What guy goes, I'm going to go out there and slice somebody's fucking Achilles in the back of their leg and take them out of the game? Who the fuck does that or says well, that? Listen, I, I get Matthew Kachuk, and he's one of those guys that I don't like either. I think mm-hmm. he's a scummy player, but that's his job. That's literally his role. He takes on that role, and he's just very well known uh, just because also he has a brother that has a, pretty much the same exact role. Mm-hmm. Um, but with Matt, he the way that the play ended up, play ended in uh winnipeg zone and i believe who did he cut i forget oh mark that's right mark shifley um he ended up slicing mark shifley but the way that it came up it looked like they were both stopping and i don't think it was intentional because it's too fast of a game to really think in your mind that I'm going to come up and like put it on an angle that way and just exactly get your achilles or even try to cut you like yep it, it just looked like he tried to stop, and it, I don't know, man. Like, he tried to pin him at the same time, and it just didn't go the way it wanted. And right away, he dropped, and you can watch Matt go right away to him and, like, try to oh, apologize. He, he, he looked like – he felt like shit. You could see And it. you know him. He never yeah. apologizes. Yeah. And that's still kind of one of those things I was like, all right, like, he's actually trying to see if he was okay. Like, normally – you remember that Detroit brawl that yep. he started? Like, yep. he was just being a piece of shit there. And that was because he was waiting for um, – What's his face? I forget who it was he went after. Was it Zetterberg or no? No. Uh, He's not even playing. Yeah, who was it? I I want to say it was Larkin. Oh, it might have been. It might, uh, I don't know. Either or way. to see you or something like that. Either yeah. way, someone was getting tossed. He gave him a love tap on the shins on the way out as he yep. was, like, stepping on the turn around. And, like, that's when he was a piece of shit. But this, like, prime example – he wasn't that piece of shit. He literally was that guy no, that was there, just trying to check on him. There's no history between him and Shifley. Nope. So, so nope. for you to say he did it on purpose is it's a fucking joke, man. Did, he didn't have you any, could, you he could do have that. any history besides Buff. No. Like, Buff's him, the only one that Buff, started shit. And it was – or Dowdy. Him and Dowdy. 
Well, Dowdy, yeah. Him yeah, and Drew hate each other. You could do that play probably five times, and that'll happen once. Oh, the 100%. same exact play. But even still, you got to think about it too. Look at how many times guys go in the corner like that, and nothing's happened. So, like, that's yeah. a one in a probably a hundred chance. You know what I mean? Like, it's a yep. very slim chance that's going to happen. It does happen. That happened to me. And like, you, I, I cut my freaking skin. You look over at the me play, being a fucking idiot. <laughs> You look at the play with Michael Raffle yesterday, too, with the Flyers. It was almost yeah. the same exact play. Same yeah. exact play. Yep. You know what I mean? And it wasn't dirty. That wasn't no. a dirty play. You know, touch, touch play wasn't dirty. Nope. You know what I mean? Uh, it, 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 it baffles me that people say that. Like, you know when someone's fucking dirty and someone's not. Yeah, you know, he's he's a he's, – I'm not going to say he's a, uh, a dirty fucking, you know – rat on the ice i'm gonna say he's he's a pest i'll say that he's a brad Marchand. he's a pest yeah you know what i mean Uh, i i can agree with that but these guys like this isn't the 70s and fucking 80s anymore where you get fucking dale hunter fucking dumping pierre turgeon after a goal that was fucking dirty oh that was just you know what i mean that's a dirty that's that's a dirty fucking play you know and these guys like i said man it's we all know it. Hockey's a brotherhood. You, these guys know each other. You, you look then, at Sidney Crosby and fucking Drew. They hate each other. They hated right. each other until they played it for Team Canada. Yep. Right? And, and they, they, they fucking play with each other. They they were, you know, had to be around each other. Right? So, yep. and you get, these guys the in the, you get these guys in the bubble right now. You know what I mean? You get these guys and, in the bubble playing fucking, playing basketball, playing ping pong. You guys got ping pong tournaments and shit. Like you, you're you're batshit crazy, batshit crazy. If you think that's fucking dirty, you know. And yesterday they they said it. I you I don't think you watch the game, Mike. They they asked Eddie Olchuk on intermission, right? Mm-hmm. And basically, like Adrian said it the best. She goes, "Why why do news reporters beat around the bush?" The answer, like he he said it. He goes, "Nah, it wasn't a dirty play," but he. Hockey analysts, and this is where I wish Jeremy Roenick fucking was on there to, to fucking speak the truth because he yeah. does. Just speak the truth and say no, it wasn't a fucking dirty hit. It was a fast play. It happened. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, These guys beat around the bush. The only thing with Jeremy Roenick, he just hates fucking. Um, oh my god, uh, Patrick Marlowe. I hate him. So I, I just I that that's just my thoughts on it, and it, I, it just fucking baffles me. It really does. Yeah, man. I'll tell you what. Flyers look good though. Oh, you know Carter Hart looking, Got looking like a fucking season vet. Season Bro, vet. Philip Myers with that nipperoo. That was him quick. and, and Lawton. Dude, Scotty like, Lawton has been tearing it up lately, and it was the first two games. The top. Yeah, the top line didn't even have a goal. Nope, I'm okay with that though. That's good seeing. Nah, it's good seeing nah, these two, cool three lines like fucking produce. Like let them. Yep. I'm I'm totally cool oh, with it. Who had it? You had Raffle scored, Scotty Myers scored, Lawton scored, and uh, Nate Thompson scored. Dude, Thompson, out of all the beauties, that motherfucker scored. That was a fucking nip, dude. That was a nip. You might as well just have fucking Justin Braun score on top of that. Oh. Uh. Uh, that guy's fuck. been up and down the AHL for the past like eight years. Mm-hmm. Like, how is he still around? He maybe has like four games played with the Flyers out of those eight years. Who's that? Justin Brown. 
Braun. Justin Braun? Yeah, dude. I feel like I never see him in the lineup. Dude, he's he's a fucking he's the he's like Tyler Kraft, dude. Most underrated guy. You don't fucking hear anything bad from the guy. You don't hear anything good from the guy. He's there to fucking play. Yeah, because he's like fucking you know I mean? Casper the Ghost. He shows up every fucking <laughs> once in a while. You'll see him maybe twice. You'll see him fucking twice every fucking year. Oh, Justin's playing. Oh, he's back down there again. See you for the next six years. Justin Bro- Justin Braun? Dude. Or, or no, no, I'm no, thinking no, no. Connor Just, McDonald, Just- too. Connor McDonald's up and down a lot. At least- Justin Braun came from the Sharks. He was a defenseman from the Sharks. We got him from the Sharks in a in a signing. Uh, Landon Landon likes him. I don't know, man. I don't know if I'm a fan of him. I'd rather take fucking Hartman back. I I I agree to that. I could I could deal with that. Like, dude, Hartman. I like that kid. But I he I, is like, spunky. I I like. I like the moves that we that that they made, man. I really do. I, I like this team. Right dude, they're now. disciplined. I really do. They're very disciplined. Very, very disciplined. But you have anything else, no, brother? That's it. Awesome. Uh, we just want to thank uh, our sponsors uh, first and foremost. We want to thank Goodwood Hockey. Uh, Goodwood Hockey's been with us at the beginning. Uh, Kelly and John doing a great thing, giving back. Uh, go check them out at Goodwood Hockey on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, like I said, they're, they're giving back to the game and, and they're doing great things. And we also want to give, give a huge shout out to, uh, ink gurus and gurus are, uh, they make all your t-shirts, hats, hoodies, you know, they, they made us dusty dime stuff. Uh, Mike, I got yours in my house still. Oh yeah. So <laughs> totally like to hear. also they're made, they're, they're making, uh, they're making t-shirts for the tournament. So, uh, we, we want to thank them. Go check them out for at Instagram and Facebook at ink gurus. Uh, we also want to shout out to uh, AT8 Hockey. AT8 Hockey makes all your sticks, gloves, hats, uh, like Under Armour, you know, shit like that. Go check them out. Um, Instagram and Facebook. Uh, we also want to thank uh, Case Kings. Case Kings are making, uh, you know, uh, the ear pods now, the case for the ear pods, ear pods, phone cases. They actually made Dusty Dime cases. I'm still waiting for them. So uh, go check them out. Uh, on Instagram and Facebook, use the promo code uh, CaseKings04. And last but not least, we want to give a shout out to Charm City Hockey. You know, Charm City Hockey uh, tournament in September. Uh, they're actually, you know, putting our stuff on the sponsor board. We're going to do live podcasts from there. Uh, and I just want you guys to know, uh, Plogger's in fucking uh, getting shape mode. I don't know if you know that. I'm coming fucking hot. Uh, I'm not, uh, <laughs> coming in fucking hot. Uh, I'll fucking, I'll fucking see you there and hope to God you got a wheelchair ready because I, I, I boys, <laughs> I haven't skated since fucking Pearl Harbor got fucking invaded by Japan. I'm telling you right now, it is going to be a shit show for me. I need a bucket next to the bench 24 seven, but sorry, but I've been, uh, I've been working out, lifting and running, doing a uh, high intensive training and, uh, uh, I'm, I'm coming in hot, but go check them out on uh, Instagram uh, and Facebook at Charm City Hockey. But, uh, Mike, it was a pleasure. Yep. 41 minutes of fucking hockey talk. I could do it all day long. Absolutely. Me too, brother. Remember. Uh, thanks, guys. Stay dusty. Stay dusty.